Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, just how much glass will be broken this weekend at the box office? Just how cool can smart products really be? And why is it not good to be Randy Pitchford right about now? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back for another edition of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the trailer hunter for Humanica Media. You got to check out everything that's going on today at humanicamedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Checking out all that good stuff that came out this week for trailers, my friend. It was a uh, very busy week for trailers. Yes, there's a, a lot of things got dropped. Not really a lot of warning about a lot of this stuff. You just kind of woke up and boom, there it was. Pretty much that was the case, and we're going to track down everything for you that we saw this week as far as trailers for movies upcoming that are really getting us excited. We're going to be talking about that coming up a little bit later in the program. Plus, also as well, Josh and I want to talk a little bit more about something we touched on on a previous episode with the saga between Bungie leaving Activision. And then also we want to touch on some I, I guess you can call a little bit of a humorous thing going on with Randy Pitchford, who is well, who's best known as far as being the CEO of Gearbox Entertainment. But unfortunately, it's not gaming that what we're talking about when it comes to Randy Pitchford right now. And we'll we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that at the back end of the episode. Plus, we have great interviews from CES that I conducted with 161. Makers of a lot of great smart products out there like smart wallets, smart backpacks, and smart watches with all your favorite pop culture characters on it. We're going to have an interview from CES that we conducted coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, we've been on a retro kick lately and we just want to emphasize how much in love we are with the fact that retro is now going strong in pop culture. In fact, this week I was at a Walmart and they devoted virtually an entire road to a lot of great retro products. And on top of that, in a CES interview that I also conducted there, I'm going to be talking to the great people at Inex. They have a lot of great stuff coming out as well, coming up in the near future. Plus, they also talk about some of their 
very hot sellers in the retro gaming marketplace. But first, my friend, we've got a great movie finally coming out this weekend to the box office out there. A big time AAA franchise movie that, you know what? I didn't think it was going to be a trilogy when it started out with way back 18 years ago. But Glass is hitting theaters this weekend to complete that M. Night Shyamalan trilogy. And it looks like from all instances, at least it's going to collect about, what, about $40, $50 million this weekend at the box office domestically. Good start for the year right here, being at the first high-profile movie. The reviews are mixed. I'm going to be checking out hopefully this weekend. What are you expecting when it comes to Glass hitting theaters this weekend? I'm not expecting a lot from it. I know there's a lot of hype for it. And personally, I'm not expecting a lot. I know a lot of people have a lot kind of riding on it. People who've seen Unbreakable way back when and then Split and uh, big fans of that movie out there. Well, I wanted to ask you, do you think the hype is because of that trilogy and this is going to be the completion of it? Or do you think it's a lot of hype because this is the first high profile movie coming out in 2019? I, I don't I honestly I don't think it has much to do with either of those things. I think it's it's more the fact that it's I think it's split is the movie that really got people interested in the other movies. Cause I guarantee you if Netflix or Voodoo or you know whatever movie services out there, if you were to look, their viewings of Unbreakable probably have skyrocketed since you know the announcement of class. So I, I remember watching Unbreakable. I really I need to go back and watch it because it was an interesting movie. But you, you know, and I, I think another big factor is that you know, this if this is successful, it could very well create a third competing superhero universe. Well, that's very interesting uh, synopsis right there, my friend. I, I like that analysis. Whether or not it does come to fruition, even if it's a big hit, I don't know about that because it sounds like Shyamalan is done with this trilogy once and for all. And you got to admit, Bruce Willis can't do much more at his age as far as from that end. And Samuel Jackson has reached 70. I, I saw that the other day when his birthday hit, and I just couldn't believe it, you know, that he's turned 70 already. So how much more those two left have left in the tank? They'll have to maybe offshoot it from there, maybe with James McAvoy's character or whatever happens to him in the movie. Because, again, we have not seen it as of yet. I plan to, and I, hopefully I can give you a review as early as this Monday's Pop Culture Cosmos. And I'll tell you what, it's still a great sign that there are other things out there that people are looking forward to. And you're right. Split was a big time surprise hit when it came out just two years ago. James McAvoy's performance with all the different personalities really clicked with audiences. And I hear, even though the reviews are mixed, is that his performance, again, steals the show one more time in glass. Yeah, I mean, the, the trailers look really cool. Uh, just the scenes where he's running across the lawn kind of on all fours reminds me of uh, Beast from X-Men. Remember the, those scenes that show him running down the beach and all that? So imagine the irony in that I one. I know, right? James McAvoy. Well, okay. So, you know, and, and I don't necessarily think that Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson are going to rep reprise their roles if they make future entries because, uh, you know, this is kind of the end of their story, it feels like. But, you know, who knows? They could introduce other elements into that world. You know, they could have their standalone films and then do another glass type thing. It, it, the possibilities are endless because that world feels more grounded. They're not superheroes. They're just people with abilities, right? So they're not like they don't wear costumes. They don't have, you know, they don't have gimmicks or shticks. It's all just human. It, it's a very human element of a powered genre, I guess. 
Bruce Willis's gimmick is a is a raincoat. That was his idea of putting on a cape and or you know cowl or or any type of tights was just putting on a raincoat like he did in the first film. He does, I believe, again from what I've seen in the trailers one more time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many you know like Dark Horse or Image Comics? You know, we see regular heroes just vigilante type heroes just they they throw their hoods on they have their their headphones right and they just kind of walk around and do their thing it you don't need they don't need you know jet boosters or, or uh capes or anything really they're just normal people with not normal abilities now i want to ask you this when it comes to m night Shyamalan movies there's always a twist at the end it's seemingly anyways that he goes out of his way to try and make a twist in the movies to try and just give audiences that left turn he did it in a sixth sense that really worked well obviously he did the same thing in unbreakable when at the very end spoiler spoiler spoilers well i mean it's not much of a spoiler now i mean it's obviously the emphasis that we have for glass coming out but samuel l jackson's character mr glass was indeed a very bad super villain and it comes to the point where in each Shyamalan movie, besides a cameo that he makes in almost every one of them, is that he tries to do something that's going to give you a left turn than what you're expecting. Just going in with that notion, what do you think as far as a movie that seems straightforward as far as a closure for the trilogy, what do you think that can actually happen as far as a maybe a left turn for you know some kind of surprise value that Shyamalan could do could add that it could actually enhance the movie other than people just coming in to be satisfied to see a closure of this Shyamalan trilogy yeah that's a good point because I almost hope that he doesn't do it because he th those are really those endings of his they're really hit and miss you know that it's uh, like I remember watching the village and I just hated the fact that I had spent eleven dollars to go see that movie afterwards right that leads to his films being a hit or miss proposition. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because they would be good movies if he didn't try to be smart. I guess at the end of them, and you know, with Glass, I, I I'm almost seeing this whole thing where it's like, you know, maybe maybe they are actually crazy. You know, maybe that whole thing in the mental hospital is just like a them thinking that they're fighting each other, but they're at the movie's going to end with them three still sitting in those chairs talking to what's her name's character from American Horror Story, Sarah Paulson. That's her, but yeah, I, I hope they don't do that because that would drive me absolutely nuts. And I guarantee you, whatever momentum split had picked up for that, uh, you know, the, that series of films, it would just be dead. That's right, Sarah Paulson. She's had actually a pretty good year, past 365 days, Ocean's Eight did well. She's in Bird Box, you know, so she's actually had a, a, you know, a good role as far as American Horror Story. Obviously, her work there speaks for itself. And now she's in the middle of glass right here being the, I guess, the psychiatrist or doctor in charge of, of supervising these three and, and trying to get them off of their thinking that, hey, they're comic book heroes and villains and, and having them try to believe that, it, you know, otherwise when there could be something to what they're they're all talking about in the first place. And obviously, if you see the trailers, they've been pretty good in showing that impending battle and that, yes, they've been hard to believe by everyone else that they actually have super abilities. But when push comes to shove, maybe they actually do. So that part of it by Shyamalan, building that tension, building that rise and animosity and 
And it didn't seem like at first that there was animosity between the three, even after all this time. Originally, there was obviously at the end of Unbreakable with Bruce Willis's character and Samuel L. Jackson's character. But it seems like in the in since they were all in the sanitarium and they were all there, that you know they were stuck in limbo with each other and they just had to deal with it. But it looks like it's been taking a turn for the worst as Mr. Glass has actually gone ahead and manipulated things from behind the scenes and pulled those strings to see what he could get out of James McAvoy's character, which could be a very interesting partnership. Although I'm interested to see how long that partnership lasts in the movie itself. Is it something that we've already seen most of in the trailers or do you think it'll expand much beyond that and make it a good part and uh, actually a cornerstone of the movie itself? I think I'm predicting Bruce Willis's character is going to be like Wolverine. He doesn't want to be a hero, but you know, he it's, he feels it's going to, it's his moral responsibility to do something because he can like kind of, you know how Wolverine in the comic books, anytime he like sees something going on, like Spider-Man's always swinging after the taxi cab. Iron Man's always flying through the air, trying to stop airplanes or what from falling or whatever. But Wolverine, it always shows how many times there's a crime going on. He's got a cigar in his mouth and you hear him like let out some expletive. And then he, he ultimately ends up jumping in there because he feels a moral obligation to do so. I, I feel like that's going to be Bruce Willis's character. The reluctant hero, so to speak, correct? Right. And I actually, I feel like that's what makes a true hero, though. Not someone who feels a moral obligation, whereas, you know, not not like Batman who does it to soothe his guilt, you know? Well, this does look like it's setting up very nicely. Although, like I said, the critics have been mixed in its reception and actually does not have the greatest Rotten Tomato score in the world. But be that as it may, it could be one of those movies that still hits despite any negative connotations that have been sent out by critics or word of mouth, and that at least it will have a very nice run in its first weekend domestically here at the box office. If it's anything near to what Split does, it looks like it's been a winning situation because for M. Night Shyamalan, his career movie-wise has been very up and down so far. Tell me your thoughts on some of the M. Night Shyamalan movies in the past that you've seen or that you've experienced that you know the left turns, the diversions are always there somewhere in the end. But when it comes to it, like I said, it's been hit or miss. But tell me your experience when you're watching M. Night Shyamalan movies. I don't know, man. It, like, you know, like, like I said, it's, it's, it's hit or miss, you know, because those have really been the things that have made or broken the movies. Like Sixth Sense, I love that movie. And, but that came out at a time when people wanted that kind of thing, right? That was a fad in filmmaking was... The, the twist at the end. What's the twist? And uh, he did a great job with the sixth sense and the fact that, spoiler alert, Bruce Willis was actually dead. You know, and then the village, uh, no, Signs, I think was the next one. Signs came Science out. Signs with Mel Gibson, I believe, and uh, Joaquin and Phoenix. That one didn't actually have a twist to it. Like, that was just a pure horror movie, and I, I loved it. It was so good. And then uh, the village was the one that really made me not want to watch any more of his movies because it was it had such a good setup. Oh my gosh. It was so great. And then, you know, you get to that part where you find out that the monsters were fake and one, it makes you go like, Oh man, Amish people are disgusting. And then it also makes you go, Oh man, M night Shyamalan is disgusting. And it just turns you off of that, that whole experience. Lady in the water was meh. And then, uh, I think the last movie that he made that I actually enjoyed was the visit. Did you see that one? That I did not, but have you seen After Earth was really a bummer. 
Avatar, I know that was uh, something to behold one way or another, however you want to slice that one. The Happening, that I think to me was, was my biggest disappointment when watching some of his movies because I thought that one was really going to click with audiences. But when I watched it, oh, man, it was just a bummer from beginning to end. Yeah, that one was interesting. You know, Although Mark- Bird Box kind of recreated that formula. They did. I don't think the world was ready for a movie like happening. I think much like, you know, how we discussed Treasure Planet and Atlantis being ahead of their time. I think happening was kind of in a a mindset thinking above the society station at that point in time. Be Um, nice to your trees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm sure the environmentalists like it, but I mean, it it was it was in the delivery, really, though, like, like how be nice to the trees. And then in the background, there's a guy like putting his head into a lawnmower. Like it was just, it was handled extremely gruesome, I guess. And I don't think that was the, what people wanted out of that movie. But like I said, my all time favorite thing that he's done up to date is, is the visit because that is absolutely terrifying. You know, you find out that you're, you're going to visit your grand, your grandparents, your parents send you up there visit the grandparents and then you find out that those aren't your grandparents those are just a couple that escaped from a mental hospital and you find this out through a skype call crazy i would i would i don't know i would never trust humanity ever again watch out for that oven gonna put you right in it right grandma's gonna put you right in oh and cook God. you for dinner there's a part in there where the grandpa like i, I don't even want to talk about it. he like smears feces on this kid's face and the whole movie theater was just oh <gasps> I've never seen a movie theater react simultaneously like that. So he did a good job with that. Like that was a lot of really shocking things. Boy, there's so many things I can say, but thank goodness our show is not an NSFW show. Not a lot of talk about poop on the radio. Not in the fashion I would probably say would be best fitting for that type of a comment that you just made in regards to the visit. But I digress. But the movie is Glass. It is coming this weekend to theaters. Like I said, it's projected over the four-day weekend to do anywhere from about 50 to $60 million, I think, would be a pretty good success for the movie. If it does anything more than that, hey, it tells me that despite the negative reviews, people just want to go ahead and see an event movie and get things started. And that's my last question to you as far as what we're talking about when it comes to Glass. Do you think the movie is going to do well overall? because of the fact that it is the first major high-profile movie of the year and people are just so excited to see films this year because as we relayed in one of our previous episodes about how many good movies are coming along this year and how you're going to be writing an upcoming article on the movies that we're looking forward to, there is just a tremendous amount of movies coming this year in 2019 and this is the first high-profile movie of them. Do you think a lot of it will be based off a lot of people being excited going to see this movie just because of the fact that this year is going to be such an important year for the movie industry? Uh, you know, I really want to believe that, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, movie prices have skyrocketed, and I think, you know, starting the legitimate, you know, whatever Disney or Marvel film comes out, I honestly think people are going to be super picky in the types of movies that they go see. Uh, Glass, I hope it does well. Uh, it has very interesting premise, and whether or not it carries over the audience from Split is to be determined, but I don't see this as a movie that people are going to rush out to go see just for the sake of seeing a movie. But with so many great movies coming out, I, I, like I said before, I think this will be the biggest year ever for the movie industry, and it all starts this weekend 
with Glass. What are your thoughts out there on the movie Glass? Are you excited to go see it? Have you seen it already? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we got our friends at 161 talking about a lot of the great smart products that they have coming out as I interview 161 at CES. This is the PCC Multiverse. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun, or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. It's Gerald. We're coming right back here at CES 2019. I'm here with Crystal Forbes. She's with 161 as far as their, their great lineup of actual smart products, smart wallets, smart backpacks, sports, smart watches. But with, you know, when it comes to pop culture, you've got to come down here at Pop Culture Cosmos to check everything out here at 161 because we've got a lot of great things going on with a lot of great licenses in pop culture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, you can see here at the booth um, everything that we have showcasing, and we're super focused on our smartwatches. They launched last year, and here we're back. We have um, some new licenses kind of to show off to everyone. What we have here now is our Fallout smartwatch, which we just launched last month. And then we have the, the good ones that are back, right? Batman, Batman Flash, and Wonder Woman. Um, so it's the same awesome feature set. The, the same awesome experience throughout the entire watch. We have, of course, our watch faces that you can change out, but then also it's all the menus, the whole entire UI, UX, um, the whole look and the feel, and then um, watch bands to go along with it. So everything is available here that we're showing also on our new website. So we can now do um, e-commerce, so you can also you can see what we have. You can, you can check out the pictures, check out the features and the functionality, and then come here, right, and see us and get a look and a feel for everything. Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you when it comes to the smartwatches, especially as far as the functionality. You were talking about some of the features that it has, uh, for instance, for not only for Android, but for iOS users. Is there any type of uh, differentiating features or does it, does it does do the smartwatches actually do the same thing for both? Uh, it does the same thing for both. Um, so it's compatible with both of those platforms. And we really hone in for the apps themselves that pair with the smartwatches on the step tracking and the sleep. And then we have our heart rate monitors on our newest models, which started with Wonder Woman. Uh, so we have the ability to see your data in the app and then also track the history of those activities. Oh, that's awesome, that's awesome. And I know Fallout, for Fallout fans, because it has Pip-Boy, yes. as far as the Pip-Boy watch, so that people can actually get a realistic type of watch for something that I think a lot of people were clamoring for because Fallout 76, Fallout 4, the collector's editions had something that kind of was trying to do something like that, but not actually to the extent that you're doing with the 161 wearable. Yeah, 
Absolutely, and we're super excited about Fallout. We work really closely with Bethesda on that, and they were actually, you know, you'll see that little bit of numbers in the watch itself that shows that um, they actually licensed that for us officially so that we can have that on our wearable, and it's the only one. Just the whole, again, it's all about the experience, right? All about the pop culture fan and focusing on their experience in a way that they can, you know, love Fallout but also take it with them, showing off if they want to, but also have the functionality that goes along with your everyday functions that you have in a smartwatch. And I see your license all over the place when it concerns all the popular DC characters such as Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, what have you, but you also talk about the other things, the licenses you got, Rick and Morty, like you said, just you're debuting here as well. Right. And a lot of other great products. One of the things I saw when I was in here at the booth was the Smart Backpack. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, that is a hot item that we have as well, and we love it. So last year we kind of brought out our first concepts that we had of that, which was Batman, Wonder Woman, and Flash, right? And here it's been so popular and everybody's been so interested that we brought back the rest of the concepts that we've gotten approved, which are... Deadpool and Star Wars and then we have the Black Panther version. Very and so, nice. Yeah, and, and we're happy to show those off. It's, we call it our powered backpack because yes, it's lighted, which is fun and exciting and also is a safety feature, but also we have the power bank inside so you can charge everything on the go. It's kind of your one-stop shop in a bag and it has plenty of room and it has laptop features and water resistance and everything that you kind of want and need, but it's also awesome and has those licenses. Oh, and that's awesome for anyone that's traveling around like Yes, you know, for example, <laughs> traveling along through and, and needing all the space, plus also as well, like you said, the capability to charge it as well. One of the things I saw, you know, when I'm here and also things I got from Jessica Yu, who uh, works with your PR and whatnot, sent me over, is also about the smart wallets. Tell me a little bit more about them and because they look really cool and it, of course, caught my wife's eye because of the Harry Potter license as well. Yes, yes, of course, the, uh, the, the Harry Potter is a big deal, and that's why we have a big wall here that showcases that. Um, but our smart wallets um, are, right now we have a testable working prototype. We hope to launch those later this year. We really wanted to bring those to get some good feedback from everyone. Um, it's based on our existing Foundry Tracker technology, which is great. That's why we were able to bring it and really get that prototype. Um, so it's really easy to kind of tie those together. They are the Foundry products. And what we've added with the smart wallet itself, of course, is the detection, the drop detection and also the card slot detection. So those two core features are really what's exciting about the wallet. It's not just tracking and finding your wallet or finding things that you've lost, but also the ability to set schedules on those card slots, the alerts, kind of like an SOS to tell you, you've dropped me or you've left your card, or don't forget to get your card when you leave the restaurant or wherever. And I was looking at the entire wall display of your smart trackers. You've got a ton of licenses available just for that alone, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And you can see everything on our website, foundme.com. There's more than I can ever remember to mention. And we just have a ton of them and it keeps growing because, right, because that was our flagship product. So everywhere that we can try to get in with our licensors for Foundme, we do. And so, of course, we're launching Harry Potter and it's available right now for sale. And everybody's excited about those. And then we, we just keep growing. We have Rick and Morty, you know. Of course, all of DC and Marvel, and, and those are our heart ones that we keep selling out of. So we're getting more inventory in, we're keeping selling through those, and we're adding licenses all the time. Oh, that's great news. One last question I wanted to ask you, and like you said, this is your, now your second year at CES. Obviously, you're doing very well being back here and whatnot, showing off even more great products. What is your focus as a team at 161 as far as for 2019 and going forward? So for us, it's all about our fans. We're 
renaming everything that we're doing behind our smartwatch for our super fans, right? So it's our super fan smartwatch. We started out with the whole crime, crime fighting experience throughout the entire set of software, but now we're really focusing on broadening, broadening that, as you can see through Fallout and Rick and Morty and other types of characters and licenses and, and things that occur. Um, just the same thing across the board. So we're really getting closer to our customer and our consumers and trying to understand what they want and what they love and make sure we hone in on that and we, we create these fun and exciting experiences with every product that we're delivering. So we do have apps, of course, that are companions to these devices. We're super focused on our apps and what we can do there and how we can grow and evolve those to provide a more immersive and just fun experience overall. So we're doing that across the board with our software in the apps on the phone and also the products themselves. And I'm just seeing the entire line you have here at 161, and I'll tell you what, it's very impressive. Not only do you have the functionality, not only do you have an expanding technology added to it, but also as well, the cool factor is unlike anything else, at least here at CES 2019 when it comes to wearables, comes to backpacks, and also the smart wallets as well. Although, you know what, after our conversation here, I think I might ask Crystal if we can go ahead and negotiate on a Pop Culture Cosmos smart package right here going on, whether it's a smartwatch, maybe a smart backpack. You know what, I'll just even take a PCC logo as far as it's concerned for our smart tracker. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. We're always interested in that and any kind of partnerships that we can work with and build and grow into, we're absolutely right there on track. Anything pop culture, right? We're, we're in it, we're with it. That's where we want to go and that's where we'll always be, so. Sounds good, sounds good. He's a cute little guy, I tell you what. But no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when I'll tell you what, when we hit 100 stations, I'll come back to you and I'll remind you of that. I'm just kidding, okay, I'm just kidding okay, about we'll that. we'll be there. Anything's possible, so. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm just glad you got, like I said, so many great pop culture licenses out there. DC, Star Wars, you've got a whole great thing going on with Harry Potter and so much more. I just want to congratulate 161 on their success and everything going forward for your company. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. We can't wait to see and show everyone what's next. Oh, that's awesome. And then again, thanks so much. Crystal Forbes right here from 161. Check out their site. Where? What is it again? 161.com. All right. There you go. 161.com for everything as far as 161 on their wearables, smart backpacks, smart wallets, smart trackers, and so much more. Check it out today. Thanks so much again, Crystal, for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. All right, and we're back with the PCC Multiverse. Once again, it's Gerald coming right back at you here. We just put out on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel a three-hour special on the top five in pop culture in 2018. If you want to check that out today on one of our great podcast networks, and if you need to know where we're being played at, check out our listings today, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Share the goods, my friend. What is going on with your great experience known as Humanica Media? Topic Ocalypse. New episode just went up last week. There should be another one going up on Monday. But yeah, go check out Topic Ocalypse on Podbean, iTunes, and all the usual places. My friend, 
Got a lot of trailers that we were blessed with this week. So I want to first start off with what were your initial thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home? I think it looks fun. I liked it. I, it was a, a step away from, I guess, what we the traditional Spider-Man films, because I guess in the fact that it's in another country. And, and I honestly love that Nick Fury's involved because it kind of reminds me of the Ultimate Spider-Man comic books. I absolutely love them. I have I have just about every issue that ever came out of that comic book. But in the comic book, Spider-Man, you know, he's a kid like he is in the MCU. And he's, he's he often causes more trouble than he does good while trying to protect the city. I like that in this one, Nick Fury's in it because it's just like in the Ultimate comic books. Nick Fury is trying to be a mentor to Peter Parker. I really want to see that dynamic. I like how Mysterio is Mysterio. You know, it, he, in the trailer, it shows him, everyone's asking why he's fighting that thing, like why he's trying to look like the hero. Well, it's because that's Mysterio. That's what he does. He creates things and then he fights so he looks cool. But I'm excited about it. You had some thoughts. You, you're talking to me about something before the show. The thing is the fact that before the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer came out, it was indicated by Sony movie head Amy Pascal that the movie itself takes place, or at least starts off, just minutes after the events of Avengers Endgame. Which, yes, you can see, he's alive, which we all knew he was coming back for. Obviously, Spider-Man's a property that's very vaunted and very beloved by Sony, that they will not give it up to Marvel. So, yes, we knew he was going to come back. But, you know, I've talked to you about this before. I just like that sense of wonder, that sense of surprise. Yes, my mind tells me that Black Panther's is going to be revived. My mind tells me that Spider-Man's going to be revived. You don't make the kind of money that those two movies generate and them not coming back. But I'm kind of old school in the fact that I just don't want that much spoiled for me before I go ahead and watch one of the premier movie events of the year. Is that too much to ask? I kind of feel the same. Like we have three trailers for movies that have not come out yet in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yes, you know Spider-Man's coming back. But, you you know, it's they they run the risk. It's the same thing they did with the uh, trailer, right? They showed us what happens to Ant-Man. Obviously, he doesn't get stuck in the... Exactly. I didn't want to see that either. Didn't have to show that. Yeah, I hear you, man. They try to build up hype, but again, the hype that they build has a lot of marketing things involved in it, too. They want you to go see this movie. They want to make sure they show you all the things that they're going to be uh, trying to sell you on as this movie comes out so they have like you know action figures and all that's and t-shirts and comic books and stuff like that so there there's a lot that goes behind it and they they suck at spoiling things but i think it's there's there's marketing purposes behind it with jake gillenhall taking up the role of mysterio fighting quote unquote these elementals that it looks like from all appearances and and pretty much projections that people have based off off the comic book character that he has created. Your thoughts on Mysterio being that high-level bad guy that will actually be someone that can actually, in the movies, be someone that actually is threatening enough to go ahead and fend off Spider-Man to any level. We obviously know Spider-Man's going to end up saving the day and all that, but to be at that level where, it, for at least a moment, we can suspend our belief and think that Spider-Man could be in actual trouble. So here's my thing. I'd never really liked Mysterio that much. He was menacing, like in the cartoons, but he's always kind of been a coward. You know, once he gets kind of found out, he's he's always because that's what he is. Like he's a special effects person. Like that's his backstory. 
And anytime he gets found out or like his de- his device, his gadgets break, he just becomes, you know, a scared dude. So he doesn't he's not really all that all that menacing. So I'm, I'm trying I'm hoping that they, they turn him into more than that. But who knows at this point? He's he's not the villain I would have picked for this movie. But, uh, you know, I, again, I guess the whole uh, goblin thing, people are still tired of that. And, and, you know, Carnage is is in the Sony wheelhouse still some we don't, you know, all of Spider-Man's greatest villains are, it seems, are wrapped up in Amy Pascal's battle to be like Marvel, you know, and she has all these characters that the MCU can't use, and that's kind of irksome. Spider-Man Far From Home debuted this week, but also this week, John Wick 3. That one's going to be coming up in the month of May. Well, I don't know if this is going to be the end of the trilogy, but this is a movie series that no one expected to happen. But I'm so glad it did because the first two have been so good. What are your thoughts on John Wick coming back one more time, at least for another go-round, even though he's been excommunicated and is on the run? Okay, I'm going to be forward with you for a minute. Did not see any John Wick movies yet. They're on my my queue, but I have not gotten to them. Having said that, the trailer for the third one looks pretty darn good. It has a lot of interesting set pieces I love the thought of Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves coming back together in the same film. And well, they did in number two. Oh, did they? Okay. Well, that's that's cool. I like that dynamic because they worked well together in The Matrix. And this looks like it has a lot more choreography than the other ones have, just by the trailers I've seen. Not, you know, I haven't seen the actual movies. Remember that, but you know, I was just seeing the trailers and watching the, uh, you know, he's jumping over those uh, those crates or whatever, and then the two dogs jump at the same time. It, it's it's really cool. My only thing is, I can't watch movies where dogs die. It like I can't. It it depresses me for weeks. So hopefully nothing happens to them because that really bummed me out. And then be careful when you're watching John Wick number one. No, I know what the whole story revolves around. And and if it's like, I guess if that's the catalyst for the movie, I'll try to, to bear it. But I do. I remember watching I Am Legend and I just, the part where the dog died, I walked out of that movie theater so mad because I just couldn't do it. And that gets rerun all the time on cable television. Oh, so know, right? you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. Yeah, it, and well, plus it wasn't a good movie, so it's easy not to watch that one. But yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it looks good, dude. I, I do want to see it. I'm going to probably in the next couple of weeks, I'll sit down and watch the other two. But I think that that one has gotten, I look at John Wick the same way I look at Clerks, right? Clerks started out this, at, as this nothing film. And over the years, it's built up this massive cult following and John Wick has kind of done that same thing. And it looks like it, it's really just a popcorn flick, right? You can sit there don't really have to think about it. you're just watching the action it's like a mission impossible film you know we were discussing this before the uh before we went on but what what are your thoughts how are you feeling about it because i know that you're a fan i am a fan and it is the series it is the trilogy that wasn't supposed to be a trilogy i mean it was just supposed to be john wick this simple little movie about a hitman his life gone wrong and uh, tales of revenge and boom done out the door low budget flick that's fine. Sure enough, makes a tidy profit at the movie theaters, becomes a cult hit when it goes to home video. Number two comes out. It's, depending on who you talk to, better than the first. It also makes a nice tidy profit. So you have there the basis of a really good trilogy that's hopefully will be set up with John Wick 3 Parabellum. I'm excited for it. 
I just, like I said, the expectations are not super high for this film. I just want it to be a good, fun flick with a lot of action. And you know what? The John Wick movies so far have delivered and have delivered in spades. I expect nothing less from John Wick 3 Parabellum. Will it be the final John Wick? That I'm not 100% sure of. Hopefully we'll find out in the coming weeks. But if that's the case, either which way, it's still going to be a great movie in John Wick 3 Parabellum. So you got the choice, my friend. Do you want to talk a little bit of video games or do you want to talk about a little bit about another surprise movie that came out this week? Well, let's keep the movie train going. What are you uh what are you are you, are you talking about um old movie that we're all pretty familiar with? Is that what we're we're hint, hinting at? Yep, it looks like somebody called the Ghostbusters because this week it was announced I that be honest with you, I was stumbling on my words because I was looking for the perfect pun, did not find it. But it looks like I did. Because somebody called for Ghostbusters, Sony, here we go again, looks like at this point in time was secretly filming with the son of the original director, Ivan Reitman. Jason Reitman is looked like he was filming an upcoming movie in the Ghostbusters, whether it's a reboot or what's going on. It looks like it's not going to associate itself with the movie that came out recently with Melissa McCarthy and all that because that movie, unfortunately, was not a very good one and obviously didn't perform well at the box office. They're totally brushing that aside and going ahead and introducing a new Ghostbusters to the world. And I want to ask you this. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but I have a feeling if it comes out this year, is it too soon? Is there still kind of a bad taste in people's mouths with what happened with the previous Ghostbusters? No, because Ghostbusters 1 and 2, especially something featuring the original cast. Well, not 2. It was re- 2 was really bad. But it was more of that cast, right? That's why people like those movies. They liked them for the actors. 2, two is bad. I remember th- th- that one joke about the, uh, the, sir, the Titanic's coming in. The guy goes, well, better late than never. Like, that's the only thing in that movie that sticks out to me. But no, people love the original cast. So I think they will be willing to forgive the hot pile of garbage that is the Ghostbusters reboot from a couple years ago if they were to bring back the original cast and give them the sequel that they deserve, the sequel the fans have been clamoring for for the past 20 years. Give that to them and all will be forgiven. But they just need somebody to to get it where it needs to go. And I think that it can once again be a successful property. Well, here's hoping Jason Reitman can follow in his father's footsteps, at least on the first original Ghostbusters, and do something that's worthwhile to reinvigorate people's idea of what the Ghostbusters should be all about. But no lousy remixes as far as the original Ghostbusters theme like they did for the uh, for the reboot. That was just as awful as the movie itself. I agree. Who, um, who did that? The group who did Uma Thurman. Oh, Fallout Boy. Yeah, Fallout Boy. Okay. Yeah, Fallout Boy. Even Fallout Boy's fans don't like Fallout Boy anymore. So it, that just goes. This they have sold out to the ultimate level. I remember, you know, they started out with Sugar We're Going Down was like their last emo hit, and then they kind of sold themselves out. So yeah, I know what you mean, man. Fallout Boy has a lot of great songs, but the remix of the Ghostbusters yeah. theme is not one of them. Not one of them. Yeah, I agree. Last but not least on our trailer hunt is the latest gameplay for Mortal Kombat 11 coming out this year. Did you see any of the gameplay or did you see the original trailer that came out recently? And just what are your thoughts on Mortal Kombat 11 actually hitting the consoles, hitting the gamers? Is it too soon for another Mortal Kombat or are you like me? And anytime you get to see those awesome fatalities, this is like, you know what? 
cool, cool, cool. Just reminds me of the old days when you're playing at the arcades. I'm not. Really... Although I, oh, hold on. Huh. I shouldn't say those cool fatalities. You know, that was not politically correct, but the very interesting animations and cutscenes when it comes to the fatalities. How about I mean, that, Gerald? You're sick. You're a sick man. Just promoting death like that. Jeez, it looks cool. I, I, I how many Mortal Kombat games have I played? I played the ones on Sega. I haven't been much of a, a fighter game person on modern consoles, though. I, I just I don't have the coordination for it anymore. But this game looks cool, man. My my complaint, I think we talked about this. My complaint with the trailer was that the music sucked. It just was not the right thing for how cool that trailer was. But with the updated graphics, and Mortal Kombat is one of those properties that can really stand the test of time. There's not a lot of thick mythology in it that needs to be delved into. You can just kind of turn it on, play it, you know, rip a few skulls out, and that's it, man. You're like, oh, cool. Will it beat Street Fighter, though? That's the question, because people love Street Fighter and the legacy that's left behind. It's in eSports. Tekken uh, 7 was really well thought of, too. Tekken 7? Like, Mortal Kombat, that's one playing field that Mortal Kombat has yet to tread on. So that's the big question here. And it's got a lot of goodwill, and people seem to be excited for it. So I hope to see it in the eSports arena. But, I, you know, again, it might be too violent for that kind of thing. Just if you get a chance to see what Baraka does for his fatality... My gosh, it brings score to a whole new level. My goodness, indeed. Reminds me of the other day when I went to CES, talked to the great folks at Arcade 1UP. They have the Mortal Kombat 2 machine right there that plays the various Mortal Kombats and brings back memories of the old days of lore when it comes to going to the arcades and ripping off some babalities, fatalities, and the whole nine yards. And now it comes back full circle with Mortal Kombat 11, once again, coming out very soon this year to gamers. Coming up next, we've got, speaking of gaming, we've got our good friends at Enix. We go ahead and interview them at CES 2019. We talk about all the great things coming up for their retro library of great accessories for video gamers out there. That's coming up right after the break. And then to close out the show, Josh and I are going to be talking about the never-ending saga between the breakup with Activision and Bungie and why it's not a good time to be Randy Pitchford right now. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. Once again, we're back here at CES 2019 and we're here at the NX booth a lot of great retro things that I'm seeing here at CES 2019, but I would be remiss if I didn't get a chance to stop by and, and speak to the great people at Enix. And here with me today I have Andres Ordonez. All right. Pleasure to meet you, Andres. And you know, just tell me about all the great things that's going on with Enix. All right, so I guess first and foremost, we have a great partnership now with uh, Sega. We're going to be re reintroducing the Sega controllers for Mega Drive, Saturn, uh, Genesis. Uh, we're working on Dreamcast controllers as well as a portable Genesis system. Um, and we're partnering with Sega uh, to bring them out, not just for the consoles themselves, but USB, 2.4 wireless, uh, and also Bluetooth. 
Um, right now, some of these are in late prototype phase, but we are going to be coming out with them. You know, some of them will be out by you know summer. Um, the rest might be out by late 2019. Uh, but you know, the community has been really asking for us to do this, and we finally got this going. So we're really proud of that. Um, on top of that, we have you know quite a few more accessories coming out um, this year. Um, we're looking at you know GameCube style controllers um, that work both for PC and for GameCube as well as for the Switch as well. So um, you know, just giving people a lot of options. Uh, people like the little grips for certain game console styles. So like you want to use like GameCube on PC or GameCube. Well, I know with Smash, a lot of the people out there, especially if they're a really hardcore Smash player, loves the original GameCube controllers the best as far as for all the action and whatnot. And I know that uh, there's a big demand as far as having those type of controllers being available and compatible with the Switch. Yeah, exactly. So we came out recently with the, the Wave Dash controller, which is essentially WaveBird style um, wireless uh, GameCube controller um, that's also compatible with the Switch. So, you know, that get that gets uh, a lot of hype from some, some of the players especially. Um, we even have an N64 style controller, also compatible with the Switch, both wired and wireless. Uh, that will be coming out very soon. And uh, yeah, those have been some of the more niche markets, but also, you know, very vocal. You know, so we're proud of that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And you've got Sega covered, you've got a lot of Nintendo covered, but I also see a lot of things going on when it comes to little handhelds and things of that nature that play a lot of games a lot of retro stuff as well, including your big retro arcade machines as well. Yes, the retro arcade came out, I believe, almost two years ago now. Yeah. Um, but it's gotten a lot of great feedback from the community as well. Uh, people have been able, it has an SD card slot, and people have been doing some pretty crazy stuff with it. Um, but it, you know, right out of the box, 90 games, console arcade games, HDMI, you know, two controllers. You know, it's, it, it's the ideal for any situation. I get a lot of talk from like parents who are like, I want to introduce these things to my kids. They don't know the good retro gaming. Boom, right out of the box, you get your, your childhood pretty much. Um, but using those licenses that we have for both the arcade and for the multi-cards, we put some of them onto a portable as well as more than 260 games total uh, on the Gold Retro Portable. And that came out, uh, I think, mid last year, and it's gotten huge feedback from the community. Um, it's gotten to the point where now we have it in big box retail, so you'll see it at Target, Best Buy, Coles, um, I believe, as well. Um, so, yeah, you'll definitely find uh, the Gold Rudge Portable in either white and red or all blue, and yeah, those are in flying off the shelves pretty much. Well, I see you devoting quite a bit of space to it, so obviously it does have a great demand. And I know there's a lot of things going on, like you said, coming with uh, for, for Sega products, and obviously you have a lot going on already with Nintendo products. Anything else coming that we might need to know about, or how maybe for uh, modern consoles as well? Oh yeah, definitely. We have, uh, especially with our, our house brands, uh, KMD, TTX, uh, we're do, we are coming out with more accessories for the Switch. Uh, obviously with Smash coming or just coming out, uh, you know, people want grips for their controllers, for the Joy-Cons. Uh, you know, alternative layouts, chargers, uh, stands, all that we, we are coming out with or we have already available. Um, so a lot of that can be found uh, obviously on our website, indexinc.com. Uh, and we do distribute to, you know, some mom and pop stores and stuff like that. So you can, you know, check out GameStop or check out your local, you know, retro game shop and they might just be carrying it as well. I know one of the stores that we deal with is Retro City Games here in Henderson, Nevada which is one of the larger mom-and-pop stores here in the Las Vegas area, and, and I know they carry NX products as well, but 
one last thing I want to ask you, your outlook as far as 2019 for Enix and also for, you know, covering the entire video game scene and, you know, everything, it's so, it changes so fast, it evolves so fast, obviously rumors and talk about other things coming on the horizon, but for right now, where do you think it stands as far as for 2019 for video games concerned? For video games, as far as our company is concerned, it's always about appeasing our customers, but it's also about you know, getting to know these developers, making relationships, uh, growing new ones especially. And what those relationships means, you know, maybe we can get our hands on certain games, maybe some licenses and stuff. So some things that customers have been asking for, maybe they might be coming up in the future uh, that we can actually re-release or maybe even make, you know, into you know, new consoles, new controllers, or even stubbins as well. We have plenty more of those coming up. So. Sounds like a great lineup. And I'll tell you what, if you were here at CES, I'm going to have some pictures available on our social media, Pop Culture Cosmos, as far as the many numerous uh, you know things that are available right now as far as everything I see at NX, both in and out of the video game realm. Andres, it's just been a great pleasure talking to you about all the great things upcoming at NX, and I hope we get a chance to see more great stuff from your company very soon. Of course. Anytime. Thanks so much. Thank you. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Want to give everybody an update on a community event coming up with our good friends, Go Brothers Gaming and Mario Party Wars. They're combining together for a big super event, the Retro Games Day at the HyperX Esports Arena here in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's at the Luxor right on the fabulous Las Vegas Strip. It's coming Sunday, January 20th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and if you have any community events of pop culture that you want us to share to our worldwide audience, let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. So my friend, before we head on out, let's start off with the not-so-humorous news that went down the pike in regards to the continuing saga between Bungie and Activision. Your thoughts on what's going on there and how it's still changing beyond just Bungie leaving and taking the Destiny license with it. Well, it sounds like there's more going on behind the scenes. Like I, I, I kind of looked into this a little bit, and it's Activision's being investigated. So I'm wondering if Bungie found something, and like, or they weren't satisfied with the business practices of Activision. But a lot of people are concerned, I guess, because now they're wondering if this is affecting whatever's going on. Is investors are looking it, into it investors are but they're they're wondering is this going to affect the release of blizzard games you have issues obviously with bungie splitting up and taking destiny with it even though that was not the triple a franchise i think that both bungie and activision thought it would be it still was something that was a mover and a shaker it did sell units and there's rumors that the success of blizzard may not be what it once was because World of Warcraft and Overwatch and Hearthstone and whatnot may not be turning as much of a profit as they did in the past. And is there anything new coming around the corner from Blizzard that we're not sure of? So things are not looking all that great as it once did with that love fest that was going on previously at Activision Blizzard. And at this point in time, there could be a lot of issues financially for Activision going down the road. That could lead to some serious problems for Activision as a company in the not-too-distant future if the Security Exchange Commission, they find something wrong, if an investigation by an outside or third-party source like that's being done now that's been requested by investors 
find something wrong. This could be a serious issue for Activision as a company. They may be forced to pay, like I said, heavy fines or maybe even a possible breakup in the future with Blizzard and Activision, which could be detrimental to not only one, but both those companies. Just a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And I'd be curious to know like, if that's going to start affecting the money people spend on video games. Well, my friend, before we head on out, we've got to talk about it because you mentioned it on the last show. And I think it's once I looked into it, it looks really funny, man. But please elaborate a little bit more about Gearbox CEO, Randy Pitchford, and what is going on with what he's doing, what his life has been like the past few years, and the poor decisions he's continually making. If they're not actually working on Borderlands 3 and they haven't written the script, the script is writing itself right now. So first of all, I'll cover the most recent thing. Someone had found a USB stick full of porn that was not of the legal nature that he had left at medieval times. My I think it was like in 2014 from when I read. 2014, yeah. And he was stupid enough to admit that it was his and he wanted it back. First of all, who takes a USB stick full of porn into medieval times? That's the big question on my mind here. There's a lot of jokes there, but unfortunately, I'm not going to delve into it. Because again, we are not an NSFW show. I know it's just uh <laughs> save it for topic I know, I know where you're going with this yeah you know and there's also the fact that him and his wife were accused of exploiting minors or something and then there's the whole lawsuit where his ex-partner is trying to sue him and get money and it's a former gearbox lawyer former gearbox lawyer and here's the big thing about this is the fact that an innocent man would not have to get on twitter every week to say that he's innocent so i think that he's guilty of something i don't know what it is but he has been defending himself so much. And it, it's not even at times when he's being accused or when that's circling the media a lot. He's just getting on there and trying to over and over proclaim his innocence. So I'm wondering if there really are some skeletons in his closet. But that brings me to my next point. Brian Kane texts me the day that the Medieval Times story dropped. And he goes, I hope that this doesn't affect Borderlands 3. And that's funny because Randy Pitchford has always been very vocal about you know, how we need more women in the workplace. He's been a very big proponent of the uh, hashtag Me Too movement and equality and diversity and all that. And here he is allegedly doing these questionable things. How do you feel about this? Because I know that we tend to disagree on social issues, but I think that we might actually agree on this one and it not being good. You also didn't mention that he's being accused of taking a $12 million secret bonus and padding that into his wallet as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So what is he doing with the money? He should be investing in Borderlands 3 and not being, you know, whatever it is he's doing. So I, I feel like Gearbox is on the verge of falling apart and they need to get rid of him quick because this bad publicity is really, it, to me personally, it's making me lose faith that we're ever going to see Borderlands or really anything good come out of Gearbox ever again. You're right. If Gearbox doesn't take action and get him out of there, Really, that's not setting a good precedent for the industry as a whole and also Gearbox for down the road. Because like you said, they're at a precarious time. If Borderlands 3 does not become a hit, there's some serious trouble there, in my opinion, at Gearbox. They know the steps that they can take to turn their sinking boat around, but they're just not doing it. And I don't understand. I want to understand, but I don't. Just don't have me go with Randy Pitchford to medieval times anytime soon. Again, the, the jokes are all there, but I won't make them. Well, it's been a great episode. Once again, I want to thank the folks at 161 and also Enix 
for hanging out with me at CES 2019. Stay tuned as we talk to more great companies in future episodes, both the Monday and Friday episodes. For I've still got quite a few more on the plate to share with people out there from CES. My friend, any last thoughts on the way out? Yeah, when you after your your interview is all up, I want to hear your favorite part of CES. I, I do want to chat with you about that. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll save that for maybe a special or actually one of our later episodes that have come up, like you said, after all of the great interviews that I have that we're going to post over the next few weeks. Plus, on our Monday episode, not only are we going to talk about how well Glass is doing over the course of the holiday weekend, Star Trek Discovery, hopefully I'm going to be able to actually catch that as well. And what's going on with Netflix? They did a major news drop, which is big news because they don't usually share info very much unless they really, really want to. They dropped some major info and some comparisons that a lot of people took umbrage with. We're going to be talking about Netflix going forward and its year in 2019. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PC. C multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Did you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret, all your favorite shows will still be available for free as always. But you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is go to esopodcast.com and click on the link. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.